So I've brought back a load of barbecue sauce and rubs and all sorts. And also two kilograms of brisket, <laughs> which <laughs> I was going to eat when I got back, but it's gone straight in the freezer. <laughs> How do you get that food, TSA? What happened there? You can buy it backpacked at the airport. Oh, can you? Yeah, oh, yeah. nice. That's good then. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Offscript, a podcast for the tech community. I'm going to be chatting with Josh today because I've just got back from Austin and I'm going to be chatting about South by Southwest. Hi Josh, how are you doing? Hi Rio, how are you doing? Yes, pretty good. I'm back from Austin, Texas. Yes, I am. Incredibly jealous of your trip. <laughs> you were telling me about all of your plans for South by Southwest before you went, and I was upset to not be there with you. Yeah, well, I almost got gout, I think, but, um, <laughs> but barbecue food out there is absolutely amazing. What was the best place that you ate at? Ironworks was pretty good. Cooper's. Um, there were so many great barbecue places and tacos on every corner. And <laughs> Yeah, it was just amazing. Was it like, uh, what's the difference, the main difference you noticed for barbecue in the US versus what we have here? It's properly authentic. They just love it. So it's <laughs> yeah. like the first place we went, Cooper's. It's just like going into what Red's wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you go up to the pitmaster and actually just point at the bits of meat you want and he cuts it and oh, he's that sounds ideal. He's recommending what you should have and yeah. <laughs> Whereas Red's it's like here's a menu, here's the till system. Please get out of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I mean obviously cuz it's a chain it has to do that. Yeah. Yeah. All nice. the standard restaurant stuff, but it felt like you were just going to a place where they just live and breathe barbecue. Yeah. I love that though. That's, you know, they've been there for 30 years. They've been perfecting the techniques. Yeah. So I've brought back a load of barbecue sauce and rubs and all sorts and also 2 kilograms of brisket, <laughs> which <laughs> I was going to eat when I got back, but it's gone straight in the freezer. <laughs> How do you get that food here? say what there. you can buy it backpacked at the airport oh can you yeah, oh yeah. nice that's good then yeah so you're already so, through security yeah good yeah. <laughs> um but yeah food was amazing and lots of good cocktail bars was a nice speakeasy called the floppy disk repair co you had to get into it in a certain way didn't you, you had to get a code yeah, yeah which i was asking people on the internet for and loads of people sent me some good suggestions and some people even sent me some possible codes i tried them all and they told me to go away <laughs> was it do you just tell the code to someone or is it like a, a keypad or there's something? a keypad on the door as well nice. um but yeah there was a bouncer outside although he was he pre pretending he wasn't a bouncer it's <laughs> like it doesn't look like a bar from the outside at all it's right completely black right it's just the floppy disk repair co sign um, oh, nice. but yeah we had to uh go to a bar like a few minutes like maybe five ten minutes down the road right and then you once you've had a few drinks in there you start chatting to them and then they give you the code all right and that's so, the way to do it <laughs> just tip them and then <laughs> like, like most good security vulnerabilities you just uh your human hack is, is the easiest way well i think it's actually a good mechanism for them to keep out the the sort of regular tourists south by southwest goers right and large groups of people because like it's a little bit it's not just oh should we go here it's a little bit more effort yeah and i think that keeps the, the riff -raff out. just the people that really want to go <laughs> nice was, was it good cocktails yeah really good cocktails nice. um, yeah we just drank those until we forgot that we'd missed eating dinner so <laughs> oh <dear>. danger <laughs> danger <laughs> but it looked amazing it looked like the entire city is taken over by yeah. by yeah. everything <laughs> so there's a lot of people from austin there um, yeah. And then people from all over the world, but it's 
it hasn't been an in real life event for three years now, so everyone's really excited to have so have the anticipation the of a real event again, yeah, yeah, because it's not just the conference centres and the official venues; it's the whole city turns into South by Southwest. So mm. you have Dell take over a, a whole bar, and or you have Warner Media taking over like large warehouses and Porsche, and everyone's got their unofficial South by Southwest venue. That's like, amazing, isn't it? All down the street, um, and yeah it just takes over the whole place everything looks so well done as well like all the all the effort on the creatives and everything it yeah. just it seems it's proper really well put together there's there's south by southwest staff on every corner the 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 the, the actual police shut down all the streets oh, so right. they've got like barriers so you can drive certain directions but then there's loads of like places you can just walk nice and like yeah there was I found myself in loads of like free cocktail events and I didn't really know <laughs> what they were trying to sell me. I think they'd even forgotten. <laughs> um, Brilliant. But yeah, it was really good. Um, and yeah, the, the the great thing is you can just wander anywhere and sit down and hear somebody amazing speaking passionately about something. And yeah, I love that though. Yeah, it's, there's, the, the FOMO is real though. You're looking at the schedule and like, there's five of other things right now that <laughs> I wish I was in. It's like, uh, we joke a little bit, it's like, like, like Glastonbury, you're looking at that, oh, the other yeah. stage has this amazing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes you just have to plunk your bum down and stay put. Yeah. Um, which thankfully we did for um, a the room that had Lizzo in because we would not have got in otherwise. I, I saw that was a very busy, not keynote, but it, it looked like a very busy interview with her. Yeah, it was. It was like a keynote. Um, yeah, the, the, apparently the queue was around three blocks. <laughs> well, she's one of the one of the kind of most popular artists of the time at the moment. Yeah, it was, it was really good, and she was pumping everyone up, making people think about how they feel about their body image and self confidence, and mm. empowering women to. to to be who they are and all that kind of stuff and it was really it was really good nice. uh, yeah it's 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 just a real mix of stuff to that's, take in that's the beauty of a, of a good schedule though it takes you down topical routes you never thought you'd, you'd go to see like you know you, you i don't think you, know, you didn't mention this but i don't think you'd plan to see lizzo no no <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know the fact that you end up in there and, and you get captivated by a talk like that shows that the programming of, of the entire week is is really really well done yeah absolutely and i think it's it's, it's, yeah, we met some other people out there and we were chatting about how it's sort of our job as sort of tech leaders and thinkers to, to keep an eye on lots and lots of different emerging hmm. trends and technologies and things like that. And it's not the same plunking yourself in front of a few YouTube videos. No. You have to be there and experience it and hmm. then reflect. Otherwise, you're not you don't feel like you really learn which um, obviously you know because you're organising a, a conference <laughs> yes and it's exactly that <laughs> but, you, but you're right it's um, I, I do think you know while obviously remote um, talks and streams have been amazing I do think you learn in a very different way when you're in that sort of environment um, and it opens your mind up to slightly new ways of thinking I think and yeah I just think it's there's a lot to say about in-person events and just being immersed in that space absolutely and it's the chats you have afterwards because it's a shared experience and you're around like-minded people yeah um it's not like you can read a book and then go chat to five no. people who've just read it at yeah. the same time i wish you could yeah that'd be a that good was, book club but. i mean that's book club basically yeah <laughs> but i've invented book club <laughs> <laughs> write that one down josh um right book club <laughs> um but yeah we like dropped in on scott galloway and he was talking about like his investments and um, how he'd got it wrong in the past and 
And just some really interesting bits and pieces came out, especially around how overvalued a lot of these tech companies are probably going to be. Yeah. Uh, everyone's got a load of cash and mm. interest rates are low. So they're plowing it into investments mm. and he feels like this is another bubble as a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of not very good actors out there as well, like Robin Hood. I don't know if you've heard of them. I have heard, yeah. So they're like a... a a, a stocks and investment platform mm. and their customer base is mostly male which signals that it might actually be the same audience as gambling companies right so they've gamified stocks and investments to the point where mm. it feels like a betting app <laughs> which is interesting because it's it's a highly regulated industry so yes how how are they getting away with that approach well to- you're allowed to do whatever you want as long as you make people feel the gravity of what they're doing but some people like that yeah. an exciting thing like you may lose all your money and then people are like that's exciting yeah that's, that's the roots of addiction <laughs> yeah so. yeah this is why we like gambling yeah. so this all the regs have put into place all the messaging you need to put in mm. but actually if that excites your audience then you've, you've, you've hooked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, they're not hooked. They're making loads of money. But <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember which uh, gambling company got called out recently because they, re- you know, how they they have certain tracking, like they know what your uh, income is per month, and the idea is that they're meant to model, you know, what your maximum gamble should be based on what you should be able to afford. Yeah, um, I can't remember who it was. It's probably good that I'm not calling it out, but you know, they. Um, they got caught out because a nurse was spending their entire salary um, on on this gambling app every month, and yeah. they knew the salary band, they knew what they bought in, oh, and, wow. and they let them just spend it all. Which that's, is that's not good. <laughs> no, no, but that's that's a good example. Well, not maybe not a good example, but it's an example of how it can be completely abused. Yeah, well, like the whole binary option market, where you just you just bet on a stock going up or down. Yes. Yeah literally just flipping a coin gambling yeah <laughs> yeah um, and they take a cut the house always wins yeah i mean if you know maybe if you've got a bit of money to lose it's it's, it's acceptable but uh, a lot of people don't it's so. it because it's wrapped up in this acceptable wrapper mm. and it's like oh it's investment you you could hide it from your family or, or <laughs> for quite a while <laughs> yeah that's the the dark side of gamification of of all these sorts yeah, of they may even see you on it on the on your laptop or your phone and you mm. go oh yeah it's just my investments yeah <laughs> but it's it's yeah <laughs> i've lost the, all my money that's the family savings <laughs> yeah yeah it's quite scary isn't it's it? sad as well yeah um, but yeah he was talking about how um yeah there is going to be this bubble mm. um, and there's a lot of techno babble around metaverse and what does it actually mean yeah um one of his interesting points was um around how metaverse could be it doesn't have to be 3d it doesn't have to be wearing a headset yeah. it could be audio like we saw like clubhouse and mm. other apps pop up and has that been and gone now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think twitter space space has killed it yeah, yeah. But um, but I like that you know the fact that you don't have to because it, it's also incredibly expensive to build that sort of immersive three D world. Yeah, uh, I think for a proof of concept for some implementations, audio only options and, and different mediums is probably a good way to think about it. Yeah, well, and you can't do anything else if you've got a headset on. Yeah, whereas you can do stuff with your AirPods in. Yeah, um, but he did say if if AirPods were their own company, it'd be a, a FTSE one hundred, like just that one product. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, mean, we've joked about that a lot, but I, I still love them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't think I would like them, uh, and I still need to get a pair. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I think 
especially for for the remote world we live in these days i think it's huge i mean the audio quality isn't fantastic you know in terms of the um both the audio and the mic isn't isn't amazing but you know i think a lot of people made the big move to having crazy killer mic setups for zoom calls and i I do feel it's a tad over the top sometimes it depends on what the call is but yeah no yeah i think there's other ways metaverse could could come to reality Mm. um but yeah we saw kevin mayer who's um disown who used to be performing leads oh yeah of course yeah yeah so we did a load of work with them um we run the, the gold.com Apple News channel, actually, at Parallax. Right, and right. And we did a load of campaign stuff. But, yeah, they've they've then morphed into DAZN, which mm. is a big um, sports streaming platform. Netflix basically for Netflix sport. For sport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember everyone called it that when it landed in Leeds. So Kevin has just come over from Disney. So he spent his time there doing something that I think <laughs> I don't think is a very good idea. <laughs> but basically sort of severing ties with all the, the rights licensing. Right. Um, and keeping hold of all all Disney rights in house, so they can launch Disney Plus. Right. So he's the reason, <laughs> part of the reason why you need a million subscriptions just to watch stuff these days. Which yeah. is a great move for streaming companies. Don't get me wrong, but for consumers, it's a nightmare. You're going to have to buy so much stuff. Like- I think we have Apple TV now, Netflix. We've not gone in on on Disney properly yet. We just got Disney Plus because Ellie wanted to watch one program on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you we, forgot to cancel the recurring. Yeah, that's it. And then once you're in, you're like, oh, we better watch some more stuff in it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better justify this expense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was interesting talk. There's a, they've basically got shitloads of cash. Mm. Um, they've set up a new thing called Candle Media and they're basically buying um, like properties and assets like digitally. Like um, right. I don't know if you know um, Coco Melon. You probably. I have heard of it, but I couldn't tell you what it is. If anyone that's got kids will know instantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe. But they what. were a popular YouTube channel for kids, right. and they've bought the rights to it. Oh wow! And they've kept it on YouTube, but they've sold it to. Well, they're licensing it to Netflix and other right other providers. So they sort of sit in the middle between content producers and streaming services. That's interesting. Um, and they basically fund all the production for new stuff. And Nice. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of production houses popping up, aren't there? Yeah, and the the content that is going viral, you can see them just backing loads of investment money, basically. I mean, why not? They've already got the audience. Yeah. And they've got that pull. And you say, oh, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you saw, you saw that in a, in a much smaller way when you saw, you know, a lot of the UK comedians kind of capitalising on hilarious events of the government that we have at the moment and things yeah. like that. You, see, you know, you see people getting entire tours backed off the back of it and all sorts, yeah, which yeah. I think that's just the, the new way to win work, really, <laughs> um, which is kind of mad. Yeah. Um, so... What was kind of the highlight for you in terms of, you know, I, I, obviously, you, you know, you went and had a few cocktails. That, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the networking is, regardless of whether drinks involved or not, I think the networking is such a hugely valuable part. The things that you discuss after a talk with people you might have never met before with different perspectives is huge, right? Yeah, absolutely. We met a bunch of agency owners there, nice. some of them from the UK. <laughs> Go, <laughs> Go on. all around the world just to meet people down the road. Uh, there was, uh, yeah, a load of companies from Leeds there. Nice. Um and I think the highlight for me is just the, the variation of different experiences. Mm. Um, Amy Webb's tech trend report was amazing as well. Um, yeah. I had a read through it, actually. You sent that through before we chatted. It, yeah. It's so, well, it's not detailed in that report. Obviously, there's a lot of topics, though. There's a hell of a yeah. lot of 
topics? Well, she went through what's happening now and what the future could look like and the risks. And it was really interesting. Like, mm. obviously, things like metaverse still very siloed. Like, um, a lot of the things that people are getting excited about, like meeting your friends in a 3D world and doing yeah. stuff together. It, People that get excited about that element of it obviously haven't played a video game in the past 20 years. <laughs> that already exists. Yeah. It's the actual interoperability between those worlds. And like Jack was saying, mm. like, it's actually those open standards. And Yeah, because that report did mention that it's still not kind of... Um, it's one to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a new term for something that already exists. Yeah. And it will evolve, but it's not... A, it's not a brand new thing that you all need to jump on now. It's, yes. It's it's a rebadge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the video game companies buying, um, like, is Microsoft bought Epic? Yeah. I, I think that's... Re-energ- I, I say this as a non-gamer, so I'm, I'm sure I'm incorrect completely, but re-energizing some of the approach to gaming and how we how we build these larger universes seems to be getting more investment in line with that metaverse conversation. Yeah, so there may be, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be more integrations between different games and platforms, yeah. but not in the way that we want. No, <laughs> it's no. just going to be bigger, massive silos rather than large silos if you get me it'll be microsoft owned world and sony owned world (laughs) yeah because in that report um there's a big conversation about your digital persona and having multiple digital personas based on who you want to be in particular games but i guess the the boundaries are still that it needs to operate within because there's no open standards as we talked about on our previous podcast um so it's just inside of microsoft or whatever yeah or you buy a piece of clothing in one world and doesn't won't translate to another but you can you can imagine a future where that would happen but it's not yeah. we're not there yet i would be fuming if i couldn't wear my burberry coat wearing <laughs> <laughs> yeah in your instagram uh, thing <laughs> yeah. and and on your what what do apple call the little emoji things uh memojis, memojis yeah. Yeah. yeah i saw someone using that as their lock screen and it just sort of like blinks and looks at you and stuff it's proper creepy isn't Elsa's it? got it i'm <laughs> like this is really weird <laughs> <laughs> it shakes its head violently if you, you've had to have <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I am. Um, I'm still not sure about that one. <laughs> but stuff in the report, like AI, is already having an impact. Yeah, like there are. I don't know if you've seen uh, GPT three, um, but it is amazing at writing. And it, you can give it a brief, and it'll start typing out some content, or it can. Which we previously discussed. That isn't that the technology behind uh, GitHub Copilot and yes, things like that. Yeah, GitHub Copilot is incredible. It's um, got even better, and it's scary. <laughs> yeah, so you can see how that could immediately replace or augment some jobs. Yeah, ours. Yeah, ours. <laughs> see <Yeah>. ya. <laughs> but no, if if we can get AI to do some grunt work then yeah. why wouldn't you yeah absolutely I mean if it leads to more efficient teams and you know I think unfortunately it'll replace the bit that I enjoy and then it'll just be debugging won't it <laughs> the code you haven't written yeah yeah <laughs> even worse or understand <laughs> you like doing a new project every day <laughs> oh no that'd be awful <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah if we can delay that that'd yeah. be good yeah. um, talking a lot about how deep fakes could be a problem Mm. Um, and a lot of these auto-generated faces were actually rated as more trustworthy than than real faces, which well, is scary. Well, that's the problem because you can take the inputs on what makes a trustworthy face and, and create something that matches that. Yeah, that's well, terrifying. There's companies popped up, and you can buy a a person 
a fake person and they'll have a LinkedIn profile and they'll get in touch with people and generate leads for you. And oh, God. Like, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I mean, LinkedIn are going to be all over that, aren't they? From $200 a month. Yeah. For, yeah. It's already insufferable, but mm. I think after that, it'll be even worse. Imagine if AI's sharing crap stories about how, oh, no. <laughs> how they interviewed someone on the street. And <laughs> like all those little tales that you see. It's like, still one of my favourite memes. Like he found a stray dog and he went into interview and the dog was interviewing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll post a link to that in the, in the notes. Because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, you kind of have to have seen the meme for that one to make sense. Um, it's something that we've been keeping a close eye on, which came out with sort of web AR and VR. Mm. We were calling it Appless um, AR. The the main thing around the campaigns that we were pitching for a few years ago was no one wants to download another fucking app no. so that they can experience some brand experience in a store. Yes. Because they don't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have time. And there's probably no Wi-Fi. Yeah. And apps weigh in quite like 50 megs plus don't they so yeah i guess ikea is a really good example of that um although i think the app's meant to be used in your home to see where the stuff could be ikea jumped on that pretty early didn't they in terms of ar yeah yeah um there's the web ar stuff's cool so there was a a really big player in that market called eighth wall Mm. which was great except for the high subscription fee Mm. uh, which yeah (laughs) you just end up paying um but it's great because you could you could actually just use uses WebRTC in Safari. So mm. you just open a website, you can load assets in the background. You've got a bit of a holding experience. Mm. Um, so keeping people engaged, but it, it can actually detect parts of a real place. Right. Or it can have these markers. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a QR code or anything obviously visible like that. Mm. And you can have 3D content interact with the real world. That's great. Um, and Niantic bought them. So the guys behind Pokemon Go. Ah, right. Nice. Which is a big move because they're building AR platforms for people to develop stuff on. They're- well, it's one of the, I think that was one of the more modern uh, applications and everyone just loved it, didn't they? You know, yeah. that Pokemon Go was just crazy. Yeah. Well, that wasn't even proper AR to begin with. I think it has since become, um, but they were very much Unity. And so now that they've got a full suite of, mm. we can do it in Unity and Unreal and also on the web. Nice. It's going to be big. Um, Nice. Yeah. Other things. Oh, Zuckerberg was there. <laughs> Virtually. Was Virtually, it? yeah. Um, well, there was one person in real life who's from Shark Tank. Right. And Which he is was, the, the US version of Dragon's Den. Dragon's yeah. Den, yeah. Even cheesier. <laughs> <laughs> it's che- I mean, the UK version's gotten a lot cheesier these days. Yeah. Um, I mean, Steve Bartlett is very much the modern cheesy yeah, CEO. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's got his podcast as well, hasn't he? And he had to... He had uh, Matt Hancock Matt on it. Hancock yeah. on, yeah. I, I can't bear to listen to it, but I'm sure it's um, I'm sure it's a good interview. Yeah, um, but yeah, Zuckerberg was a bit, yeah, non-human again. <laughs> he was trying to talk about how awful the stuff is in Ukraine, which it is, um, and then sort of tried to lead on into how. That's because that's how Meta is going to make all this better. Like we're we're mm. connecting people and we can make the world. It's like no, the, those two aren't related. That's it's a bit of a forced real, connection. Yeah, I can't really explain how how flat that fell, but <laughs> I, yeah, I can imagine the temperature in the room is probably because you can't. 
you know, I mean, we expect these things to be sort of salesy when you have someone like Zuckerberg speaking, but trying to tie in um, the prevention of war because you have some sort of digital world doesn't really... There's no other talk that I saw that tried to do that. So, you know, I mean, Zuckerberg's staying on brand, to be fair, so yeah. can't, can't hit out too hard um, on that. The conference itself was selling Ukraine-branded South by t-shirts where all the money donated to a cause and I think they topped it up good and that was the right way to do it yes <laughs> um, although yeah still sort of branded <laughs> but yeah it's people are going to buy that so yeah it's 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 difficult isn't it I, I guess you know it's such a sensitive area how do you how do you try to do something good um, because the, the problem is you need to get company backing for this sort of stuff too you know a, a lot of companies sadly still don't try and support things like this in the way they should um, yeah. so you need to sell it into someone but you need to yeah and geeks love t-shirts so yeah <laughs> and they yeah yeah you just charge a premium for it and that's a donation why yeah. not yeah that, that's yeah, fair enough i guess but um and then there was a whole bunch of stuff that i didn't understand around synthetic biology apparently right. it's it's at the point where you can print molecules which is blowing my mind a little bit i'm sorry i don't i don't don't understand (laughs) or store data on in dna and things like that and i mean the good thing is that can that's probably not going to get abused (laughs) so the good thing is i don't understand enough about it to be scared by it so (laughs) ignorance is bliss yeah i'll just leave them to crack on with that Um, yeah that's that does sound in so Obviously, as you said, you're not too familiar on it, but how does that lead into stuff like biological weapons and things like that? I don't know, to be honest. I think because, thankfully, scientists are most, mostly ethical. Yes. Uh, they're always thinking about the ethical implications of things. So, uh, yeah, hopefully well-funded labs are already all over that. But yeah. the the possibilities for printing replacement organs and um, obviously, yeah. I mean, that'd be amazing, right? You yeah. know. And then there's a whole meat-free thing, so mm. you can print steak. Yeah. I mean, it won't be as good as real steak. No, but, but, but it 100% might be. less death, so that's, that's good. <laughs> but what if you could grow a tasty steak? Like, I don't know, would you eat it? Probably. Uh, yeah, if it tasted good, yeah, I yeah. would. Um, I mean, the, the reason I like steak isn't that I like killing lots of animals. It's, no. it's that it is quite tasty. It is but tasty. Sadly, that is a... If you could grow that brisket... Yeah, uh, you wouldn't have to import it from an airport. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting lots of funny looks. <laughs> I can imagine. Just, just trying to explain to people that I was carrying a brisket back to the UK. <laughs> it's completely normal behaviour. If, if anyone knows you, it's yeah, completely normal. That's fine. Um, the interesting tie into that biological thing is that I saw in that um, that document you shared that um, warfare, te- technological warfare, is obviously becoming quite advanced in terms of the US military starting to use AI to guide airstrikes and things like that. And future wars are mainly being fought online um, yeah. using using data and algorithms. You know, the Ukraine situation is a, is a huge example of how, you know, big bodies like Anonymous are stepping in to try and yeah. fight against this sort of stuff. And There is a cyber war going on, definitely. There were a few talks on that. Um, and yeah, it's very very easy to get for yeah experienced hackers to get into different organizations mm. did you see the Vue.js thing the other day no um, they pulled in a dependency for i think it's called node ipc it's used in a boatload of stuff right and it had this obfuscated code in it calls out to a geolocation service if you're in russia it randomly deletes your file system oh <laughs> oh dear and russian devs not too happy about this um and saying that it sh- NPM shouldn't be a political war zone and all this kind mm. of stuff. There's a whole 
um, GitHub thread on it. The interesting uh, thing there is, you know, you've got you've got people like DHH saying no politics at work and stuff, but you, you can't you can't remove politics from people's lives. And yeah. open source is already quite political in the statements that are made by using open source and funding open source. Yeah. And well, the original intention of the package that it, there was a sub dependency um, was just to leave a letter to Russia on your desktop. Right. Um, but then they had another one day experiment, which is just, yeah, if you pick through the code, just randomly delete stuff. <laughs> See, that's, you know, you're going to catch a lot of very innocent people in the crossfire of that. And what if your build server happens to be from the IP range? People are, are, yeah. are cross buying IP ranges all over the shop. Yeah, well, especially when they're running out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, Oh yeah, I'm not sure about that one. No, no, that's. I understand the sentiment behind it, and there's a lot of upset and anger. But maybe I don't know if it's my place to say, but it feels misdirected in that in that place. It's not the Russian citizens that are at war with the Ukraine. A lot of the Ukrainians feel like they're Russians, and mm. vice versa if they're from that area. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a good approach. No, no. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stray away from going too far into this because whilst I have opinions on it, I don't think I'm a I'm a good person. To- no, I, I don't. I think we know enough to be dangerous, but um, yeah, yeah, it's obviously very very complicated. <laughs> but it, but it is interesting how that intersects with you know that open source world. You know, people just want to get on with their day jobs. You know, in a lot of in a lot of spaces, that's a good distraction. Not that you should be distracted, but you know, just wanting to do a good day at a job and yeah. then getting your file system deleted probably isn't no. a good day. You can see how someone would get angry to the point where they'd want to create something like that, but also don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing that was touched on was, and I think you were going to touch on this a bit later is basically just how COVID's really accelerated the move to remote working, flexible working. Yes. And the, the sort of step change that's going to have for working culture and like people with kids, is that going to mean that they can have different types of jobs that means yeah. they can do childcare around that? And I, th- I think there's some hugely positive cultural shifts. I, I like the way that it said COVID's dismantled expectations for privacy. Um, not because I liked what that meant, but because that's so, you know, we talked previously on podcasts about, you know, how that insight into that window into people's homes and lives um, is good and bad because you start to understand more about your colleagues. But, um, you know, one of the positives is that the statement of the global pandemic condensing a decade of digital transformation into a few months. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting how that's going to open up the job market for, you know, uh, uh, potentially our own children in the future, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we were to have kids, um, you know, so it's, it's interesting to, um, to see how it's going to complete, well, it has already changed the game, but how it's going to completely change the game again in terms of the options available to yeah. the future generation. Yeah. And new technologies that make working remotely more, easier i know everyone's probably sick of zoom now but (laughs) things like that are only going to get better um yeah absolutely they're going to have to get better (laughs) yeah i I do think you know that point you mentioned in terms of you know probably helping with some of the equality and diversity battles that we're seeing um across across the world at the moment you know allowing um parents to to work um you know better working patterns um having a better work-life balance um all these things and you know we're not just talking about mums here you know it's definitely the shift is it's just a general thing that we need to improve across the board it can go the other way you can mean that people will burn themselves out by working too much totally so you can work from anywhere at any time so 
why not work everywhere all the time? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is a double-edged sword, isn't it? But hopefully yeah. people get more healthy with it. And Yeah, I think it's um, it's, a new, it's a new level of discipline we're having to learn. You know, those that were struggling with that sort of addiction to technology before the pandemic are probably worsened with that right now. Um, yeah. You know, that constant checking of all the networks and stuff um, probably hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, I, th- I think certain countries, cultures have got this... I'd never take any holidays, proper work to the bone. Mm. Whereas you've got places like France, where it's very much like it's illegal to receive work emails out of Amazing. office hours. I mean, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> the, the difference between the two is is stark, isn't it? Um, yeah. But definitely prefer the French way. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> if we couldn't do it. <laughs> but it's, in- it's interesting trying to align that across. So I'm working with, um, you know, working with people in the US, in India, in the UK at the moment. It's interesting the different expectations on, on kind of staff to you know, working patterns, availability, um, you know, working hours even. You know, there's such a... Because, you know, American... Uh, the American approach to holidays is quite different to here in the UK. and Yeah, even if they give unlimited holidays, um, because people still want to progress um, yeah. and and do well. Sometimes companies have um, very flex, they call, think they're flexible work policies, but you have to arrange cover for yourself. Yeah. I think that's actually illegal in the EU. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think you can be like, take as much time as you want, but, but sort your replacement yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's not laughs> um, so... Yeah, we're in Europe. I think we're a bit more, a bit more progressive, aren't we? So yeah, I think I think one thing I hope to see from that whole leveling up through remote work is you're you're based on the value of what you're producing, not the hours that you're working. And it's something that's been discussed uh, a lot uh, over the last you know ten years or something. You know, it's it's not about sitting in front of a desk. It's about what your output is and what your job role and, and skills are really. Um, yeah, definitely. And that's what I'm excited to see kind of become more prevalent over the next few years as we start to figure out what this permanent way of working looks like. Yeah. And another thing is that as people are working more remote, there's, there's lots of yeah teams from different countries. Are we going to see that sort of progressive movement from just all the tech companies being in Silicon Valley and mm. it actually being in like places like Austin, Texas or yeah. or the UK and like can we can we have the next unicorns here? I mean we already have a few but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, as, as you said that I think that exodus has begun from Silicon Valley. Um first of all I think the, for cost reasons sadly, but I think also for skill reasons, you know, that saturation of what was going on in the Silicon Valley. Yeah. Uh, and, and the housing markets there's just yeah. mental, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And they've got a flavour for yeah, as when they said work from home, people mm. started moving out and then they're like, actually, this is quite nice here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can actually earn the same amount and, and not pay through the teeth. Yeah, through the yeah. teeth, through the nose. I always get that confused. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying somehow. <laughs> I'm, I'm paying through some, some something. Um, yeah, the interesting thing uh, that came out, and this is a complete curveball really, but the, the digital IDs outpacing physical, physical ID, I think we're already there, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, and something I've been researching a lot at the moment is how you can use machine learning with 3D face scans and you can pretty much tell mm. if it's that person again mm. so you can do interesting things like um, obviously you can do terrifying things but you do things like uh, blocking someone on a platform and making sure they don't sign up again because they you can't change your face Yeah, but it's, yeah terrifying applications of that mm. and apparently your heart has got a very special signature 
and you can from a very very long distance using some form of I don't know radar thing I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> but the US military can already do this but you can tell you can, you can tell from just a signature of someone's heart murmur who they are and there's never been someone that have exactly that signature that's mad and from a long distance yeah so you don't even need a picture of their face you can go that's that person <laughs> another thing I didn't realise is you can actually measure someone's heartbeat from a simple webcam um, oh really yeah all you have to do is average out the colour of the pixels and you see it get slightly more red oh, and that's no the heartbeat that's um, insane it's a really simple algorithm there's a paper on it and they're like this shouldn't be that easy. <laughs> it's oh, a one-liner. <laughs> like, that's oh. your heart rate. Um, I'd like to see how that works in the loft, which is always uh, a thousand degrees for me, <laughs> if, if I'm just constantly red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting because, you know, um, you could liken that to how uh, people fingerprint browsers based on, you know, lack of cookies. Yeah, All yeah. these different um, small features and different traits that show who's who. Yeah, like some some people will drag their browser window just a couple of pixels smaller and that'll put you into another pot of, yeah. of, of identifiability. I wonder if we'll see the same in terms of people being filed into buckets based on that sort of... Um, feature detection for human <laughs> yeah for humans yeah like the the non n yeah things that we don't have protections around like obviously things like your eye scan or your fingerprint scan or mm. dna the law has gone those are biometric features well yeah. what about the signature of your heartbeat yeah. That's not protected yet, but people can still use it. Whole new regulatory <laughs> challenges right there, isn't there? Yeah, it's not going to move quick enough. No, um, that's quite terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so anything else that was kind of discussed that you think uh, is worth talking about? You know, what? A, also, from everything we've just gone through, what a huge list and what a varied list. Um, yeah. I absolutely want to want to go um, to South by Southwest, um, ideally next year or over the next few years. It seems like such an inspiring and thought-provoking uh, kind of festival. It's the place to be, yeah. The, the product launches there are amazing. We saw some people from Doncaster, strangely, doing <laughs> a... Uh, they're doing basically like a portal into another world world oh. um sponsor like they got some money from warner media um and yeah it just looks absolutely incredible there was hollow ride who i think they've spun out of a car company right and they they have this headset that you can wear as a passenger and i booked in for the test drive i was quite skeptical i was like it's gonna be a bit rubbish yeah <laughs> i actually sat down and it was incredible so as the car moves you move through a virtual world and right. you can play a game or you can watch a movie but they think it is going to reduce motion sickness because because what your body's feeling matches what your eyes are seeing mm. it makes you feel better that's interesting because so, some people if you try and read a book or look at something static like yeah. the, the back seat of a car or the car surroundings itself mm. you feel sick because what you're looking at doesn't match yeah um but this yeah it's incredible um and it's only going to get better as these headsets get smaller and smaller i personally don't think it'll take off until it's like wearing a pair of glasses yeah i, we, I don't think we're a million miles away from it though um, no it's just the expense at the moment i think google just bought a company that do uh, like microscopic leds that can be embedded into glass uh, and that would be good <laughs> that would be good well i've already seen actually recently that i keep getting as you do targeted uh, on the networks with um 
I'm not even a swimmer, so I don't know why I'm getting targeted, but goggles with um, your um, your lap times or your length times oh, nice. baked into it. And it's almost like, I, I don't know how it works, but that looks like, um, it looks like a liquid crystal kind of embedded thing. Oh, ace. Um, and that looks quite affordable. So I don't think we're a million miles I think miles AR off. for sport would be massive. Huge. Like, like, imagine if you're like, imagine if you're doing laps and you've got like a, a hood display on your eyes or something. Yeah. It'd be amazing. You don't want to be looking down at your watch. No. Uh, or your phone or anything like that. Yeah. You want to be in the zone yeah but yeah and people are very very competitive and they want that lap time to be less or yeah, yeah anything that takes uh, distraction away from your your kind of goal yeah or, or sticking to a kilometer mile pace um mm. yeah definitely yeah um, but yeah it was absolutely amazing well-rounded event there's loads of art stuff and music stuff that i've even spoken about but oh yeah did you uh, go to any good gigs with, a, with we, a- we tried to get into the wet leg gig but uh, we were a little bit squiffy after cocktails and <laughs> <laughs> by the time we'd uh, sauntered over there the queue was just massive i could see them but i couldn't hear them because oh. they were that far away oh no uh, but no we saw some really good uk artists the um uh yeah the uh, Backstage Academy were there, um, one of our clients, and their parent company had set up all the rigging for the UK house. Oh, right. So it's UK Innovation were there, and they put on canapes and oh, a load of bands and stuff. Yeah, it was really good. There's just loads of cool stuff. I can't even explain in one podcast. <laughs> just go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, amazing. Well, yeah, I, I do look forward to it. And then you came back to um, to the UK, where we had a barbecue, and it's now snowing. Yeah, so. yeah. Lovely sunny at the weekend, and now it's a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> I mean, last time we did the podcast, it was a storm. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to get some sort of fr- raining frogs next or something crazy. <laughs> like that <laughs> locusts yeah hopefully not um but no i'm looking forward to um yeah getting stuck into your conference which is coming up yes um, thank you for all day hey <laughs> um so you're in conference planning land at the moment yes yes thank you for the plug right. <laughs> i appreciate i'll plug your off stuff <laughs> you <can plug> mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah it, it's it's full um full planning mode um for us now so we've got a month to go um yeah so uh, just just really excited to see that everyone has has an appetite to, to be back in person and um obviously from what you've seen from south by southwest everyone's kind of not everyone, but a lot yeah. of people seem seem ready for it. Well, there was one talk on the COVID vaccine development, which was pretty empty. But I guess <laughs> the Venn diagram of people that that are interested in COVID and also attend in life events, so it's not not the biggest overlap. But, <laughs> no. uh, I, but I you, think as well that fatigue as well, isn't there? I guess from people talking about the COVID. Yeah, um, but yeah, who's who's speaking at the all day? Hey, then. So we've got uh, we've got some amazing speakers. I'm, I'm really proud of the lineup this year. Actually, um, we've got Emily Cressy from Sketch. She's talking about design systems and how we've created a bit of a monster at the same time as solving some problems. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got Stephanie Stimak from Microsoft talking about building beautiful web apps. Um, primarily focusing on progressive web apps and, and that sort of space. Uh, and then we've got Jay Tompkins um, talking about um, taking your skills to the moon with creative coding. So I don't know if you follow Jay on, on Twitter, but he does so many demos uh, just using Amazing. the latest web tech. Cool. Um, he's ace um, we've got Phil back emceeing which I'm super excited ah, about Phil's great he's amazing <laughs> uh, he, he's such a core part of the conference I'm, I'm so excited to welcome him back to, yeah. to be he's at Netlify at the moment isn't he he's at Netlify yes yeah. um, and it's so lovely having him emcee the day because obviously I'm kind of behind the scenes running things yeah it's nice to know that Phil's got this <laughs> yeah. running around making sure the speakers are alright there's yeah. all sorts of things to do isn't there so yeah, yeah. exactly um, amazing uh, and then, yeah just Cass- Cassidy Williams uh, you know as, uh, in the 
afternoon, she's going to be talking about functional programming uh, and JavaScript, which is a super interesting topic for me. Um, and I think it's an area that's not as... Um, not as commonly talked about in JavaScript um, due to, you know, due to a lot of the way people use it, but functional programming JS uh, and then finishing off with Andy Bell talking about how we can lean into progressive enhancement, you know, talking about CSS layout and fluid type and um, all these things around the, the browser environment. So quite a nice uh, selection of talks there, really. I think. Amazing. And it's Thursday the 5th of May Thursday at Everyman Cinema in Leeds. Yes, thank you, Rio. I, okay. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here to help me promote this. Um, but yes, exactly so yep tickets are still available for the in-person we're also doing a live stream so um, there is a cheaper ticket tier available if you want to watch it um, either live or back later on um, but yeah get involved it's going to be so nice to see people in person again we've got a lovely social after where um, like South by Southwest I'm sure there'll be a few cocktails knocking around yeah, I'll be there yeah <laughs> absolutely um, but yeah so get involved uh, heypresents.com slash conference if you're interested in knowing more um, I think that's about it for today that isn't it? wraps us up yeah so thanks for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you next time yeah thanks for your download on South by Southwest as well I appreciate uh, <laughs> digesting everything and putting it into words no <laughs> cool take care So that's it for today. A huge thank you for listening um, to Off Script with me and James. Um, hit subscribe if you're interested in more episodes of this podcast. Do check out Parallax and Stack Online and join us in a few weeks for our next topic. Cheers. Cheers.